bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater. My name is Aaron, and I'm playing Sam Faluge. This is Johnny, and I'm playing Chime North. This is Jeff, and I'm playing Jer Land. And this is Jeremy, playing Julian, I Meditate by Fire, Ilix. And I am Jordan, and I am the voice that speaks from the Fire GM. I am. <laughs> He just identified himself as God. (laughs) (laughs) I move in mysterious ways. Not a fan of fire. Diabolical. Well, the the fire was consuming things. Lots of things. I just watched a Bollywood movie the other day about fire. In the movie, they steal this guy's car, and then they find out that the car they stole was belonged to a drug kingpin. So they take all the drugs out of the trunk and they start burning it over the fire. And then the, the kingpin shows up and starts asking them, so what's going on around this fire? And he sits down warm, warming his hands over the fire while like millions of dollars worth of drugs are burning there. And, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> that sounds like a Bollywood movie. Yeah, it was great. So previously on Bone Thrower's Theater... No drugs were burned. No drugs were burned. <laughs> drugs were involved, but no drugs were burned. You all went to, back to the crater where... where um, the incident yes. had happened, and uh, Julian used his uh, council-issued warrant card well, credentials. Tried to outside, and was having no luck, and then so we stuck in by sewer. Mm-hmm. And then you investigated that for a while, found nothing useful. Well, Julian found some things that were pretty useful for Julian. For Julian, we all saw that Julian's a little unhinged. A little. Well, we don't know. You very well, so a little unhinged for us That's true. could mean that you were severely unhinged. Now, also, uh, some of you went to Katari's apartment. Julian went off by himself to Katari's hideout. The three others went to Katari's apartment and subverted a kidnapping. That's what they look like. We assume it's a fire drake, someone who was, it was a fire proxy. Yeah. It had Katari mm-hmm. all bound and gagged and was going to. And Sam unloaded a clip into the closet. And then he flew away. (laughs) Fly on! (laughs) The fire drakes are modeled after Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four. (laughs) (laughs) And then Katari took the three of us back to the Healing Healing Hands. hands. Jer said, smells like home. Nope. (laughs) He said, smells like I don't want to be here. And Julian closed off the episode... By looking, staring into the fire. He had some interesting equipment with him. Yes. But before that, he discovered some good information as well. Followed the fire drakes, Digby and Smalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that were ransacking Katari, Katari's hideout. Um, back to their secret lair entrance beneath the statue of a councilman in the park. So he knows where the fire drakes go to hide out or... Whatever. All right. 
how do you want to start off this session? All right. Um, it was nighttime. It was. Do, do we want to pick it up in the morning? Let's go ahead and flash forward to the morning. In the morning, uh, one of the places that Julian's go, he's going to go to the police station, and he's got coffee and bagels. Okay. What a a nice lot guy. of coffee and bagels. Not donuts. Noted. And cream cheese. And cream cheese. He's got three different flavored cream cheeses. Okay. Three different types of bagels and three different roasts of coffee. How much money did he spend? Importantly, how is he carrying it? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like two large bags that he just rolls in okay. to the police station. And uh, goes up to the service desk. Goes up to the officer behind the desk. And is like, and sets it down and is like, and as promised, with interest. I see. Well, I think this is like the fastest you've paid us paid up. Well, I mean that bit of last bit of information you gave me has proven to be quite helpful yeah. in my investigation. So uh, I thought I'd pay it forward because I know I'm going to come be coming back to you for some more. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I'm sure that I'm. Oh, here, let me. He he goes ahead and he like ring, like grabs three of the bagels and. Puts them in a drawer behind the desk. There. Now the detectives won't take those. He just grabs an entire box of Joe, slides it under his desk, and also one of the flavors of the um, cream cheese. I love this stuff with the cinnamon. How'd you know? Uh, lucky guess. I mean, I just figured a variety would be good. I'll note that for next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you remember. Cinnamon and sugar and cream cheese. That's the best. Okay. Um, he's going to reach into his pocket and has a slip of paper that's folded up. Okay. And uh, he slides it, like, to him and is like, next time I come around, same deal, same information. Okay. But I just need a different location. Okay. And he's purposely not very detailed with what he's saying. Okay. It's, it's all there on the paper. Would you like to verbally ask, say what you, what's on the paper for? Okay, yeah. And he... I'm alluding to that Julian has been to the police station since the last time everybody saw him at the police station. Gotcha. And he has asked for information previously. Um, what's on the slip of paper is asking for mental institutions that have recently have had proxies admitted from the military base. Okay. And then, like, as he leans in and is like, same as last time. It's like sort of softly a little bit to be sure that no one around can hear. It's like, as long as those areas are less surveilled by you guys, things like the cinnamon sugar cream cheese will keep rolling your way. Okay. Give me some time. I might need a couple days to get you this information, but we'll see what we can do. Okay. Without even looking at the at the paper folded up, he's, he's saying this. And... Mm-hmm. He slips it into his uh, his lapel pocket. Says, "If you ever want to stop by with uh, some bagels, you know, just out of the kindness of your heart, you don't have to wait until you owe us a favor." Okay. All right. Uh, one one last thing. He's talking again, normal tone, so everybody can around and if they're listening can can hear. It's like uh, any uh, update on. The housing reassignment for my building. I know it's only been a couple of days, but uh, most everybody's cleared out. Mm, uh, let me let me go ahead and look. 
Silix, Silix. He opens this, he gets a giant book that looks like a <laughs> phone book. <laughs> it's all the people waiting for housing. <laughs> Some papers like kind of flop off the desk when he sets it down. It's a big book. It's a large book. Flips it open. Ilix, Ilix, Ilix. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you're going to be in the uh, Central Southwest Quadrant. Central? Huh. That's nice. I don't know what you did, but uh, apparently you, you pleased some people with some of your past work. I don't almost like my work. Uh, do you know when this is going to take effect? Looks like you're, you have until the end of this week to move out. Okay. And you should be reporting next Monday. Okay, next Monday. Yeah. For the council. For the council. Move in the Sands neighborhood. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sands places right there. So you you're, you're very happy with your. It sounds like you're getting a step up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in the center ring as opposed to near the outer wall. You either have really pleased some people or, or really, they, or they want to keep a closer eye on me. Uh huh. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you think about which is which. Yeah, Julian knows which is what's what, and most of his speak was for the council. Well, yeah, yeah. Looking over your shoulder while you're talk, saying things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a good spot to. Yeah. Yeah. To jump over to some other players. <clears throat> Jeffrey, you're looking at me. So that means I'll call on you next. What do you want to do? Well, I want to ignore my surroundings. Best I can. You are sitting in the healing hands. No, actually, I'm going to see if I can get from them whatever kind of information they have on the fire drags. Okay. Walks through the door, everybody's like, <laughs> Sometimes you wanna go. I was going to say, Woody Harrelson's behind the bar. Ted Danson is holding a baseball bat. They've saved your seat. It has your name on it on a little placard. <laughs> Not happening. Oh, Jer, come on, sit down. It's right next to the bar. You walk up. They unlatch the uh, the velvet rope that they have blocking it off. <laughs> oh. No, this is not happening. <laughs> didn't know how much they missed you, did you? I don't care how much they missed me. Oh, I forgot to tell you, you're now the leader. If I remember correctly, we were saying that the Healing Hands hideout was actually sharing space with an underground newspaper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. An underground newspaper, and it's underneath of a butcher shop. Yes. Called the Chop Shop. Yes. You're sitting in the in the basement of this butcher shop, <laughs> and there's a printing press over in one corner. I would imagine that they would have like like a backlog library. Okay. Of things they printed and things they've collected. Okay. And I would be trying to find someone that would know. Where they would keep information about fire drinks. And Sam and Jer, and Chime, excuse me, are with you? Is that correct? Yes, we're They're we're in the same in location? There. I don't know what they're doing, though. Okay, so let's go ahead and open the floor up to, to these two gentlemen and uh, find out what they are doing at this point. Well, I'm just doing the same thing. I'm trying to figure out what, what the deal is with fire drinks, what information they already have. And he's also just resigned to the fact that... Uh, once he ever go, ever goes home, he's gonna be arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably murdered. Pretty much life on the run. Yeah. Probably murdered. 
Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Probably murdered. <laughs> he says that looking at me like Julian's going to do it. He's most likely to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, f- the four of us. Yeah. Second most likely would be Sam. No, would be Shade. Shade. I'd say second yeah. most likely is the council, and then Shade. What are you doing, Sam? So, initially we got to where we're at now because yes. we had d- decided to go try to. F- Sam had wanted to find more signs of Choler. Uh huh. And so I am going to ask Katari if she's still present. Mm-hmm. If she's not, I'm going to ask around about who might have knowledge of if Choler has been seen since the explosion. Katari is around, yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask Katari. You know, we have been a little shorthanded because we were trying to provide, fill in the cracks to some of the lower income people. You know, some of the people that the council don't deem as, how shall we say this, um, high priority. So we were actually focusing a lot on making, uh, doing the healing part of our job description, right? I don't think we've had a chance to spare anybody to look for Troller, but I just assumed that the building falling on top of it kind of wiped him out. We can always hope. Yeah, we're just hoping. We've actually been down there, and there's no sign of of him or his elemental. Okay. I'm trying to track him down, just to make sure that he's taken care of. Okay. Let me go ahead and put a couple people on it. Just so we can we can figure this out. I think he's dead. Okay. But, you know, if it would put your mind at ease, we can go ahead and send a few people out. And she calls over two guys. And the other thing, do you have any idea who it was that just tried to kidnap you? Not the organization, the person. You would be surprised at how many recruits they have. I don't know them all off the top of my head. We don't keep profiles of who we know are acting members of the Fire Drakes. Look around here. Right? We're sharing our secret hideout with another secret organization. <laughs> Do you think we're really well funded? Well, I know that you at least were better than this in your older days. Talk to that one about that. I, I, I No, I, <laughs> no, I mean, you, Katari, were better than this when we were together in the field. Well, maybe I'm not actually as straight laced as my previous job kind of made me seem. Okay, maybe I'm just a little disorganized. Okay. And maybe I'm not in charge Hold here. On. Who is in charge here? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to sense motive. Okay. So you're nearby enough to hear this. Yeah. 4D. What's your target number? Uh, 15. Okay. Difficulty of 15. It's not hard. It takes a second. Okay, actually, it's super off. <laughs> 12 and not 15 the target number was 15 so I didn't get it your mind has really been on the, the archives that you're trying to go through at this point so you haven't really you're not really devoting your full mental attention to the question that you're asking so what did Kritari say when I asked who was around who was in charge around here she said that's a good question <laughs> that, that was a bit of a joke yeah Tam Delvor. Tam Delvor. Is Tam Delvor available right now? No. She's actually not. She? Yes. 
Okay. What, you think it's weird that a woman would be leading something? Mm, I do. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> Sam would. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. And that Sam's going to kind of like turn around and walk away very confused. Okay. Contemplatively. So, Jeff. Yes. It sounds like you're looking on your own. Yes. Go ahead and make me an investigation roll. Search. Ooh, I got scholar. Scholar. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. look at that! <laughs> I don't know. You search. Eleven. Hey, okay. you have a plus one. Yeah, I I, I boosted all his stats. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Gave him pluses. Yes. We've been saying this for months, Jeff. Pluses. Well, I don't know how to do. <laughs> You've been playing the D6 yeah, system longer than I have. Yeah, It's math. Math and I do not get along. But math will save your life. No. <laughs> Timing is everything. <laughs> oh, you rolled a 12 again? 11 was with the plus one. Oh. I think it was 11 with the plus one. So 12. 11. 11. <laughs> I will take the 12. Yeah, if you're going to give, give the it. 12. <laughs> I will gladly take the 12. <laughs> If it helps my research, you are able to find one small thing out about about the fire drakes. One thing that you had not known before, you find out that they seem to be a rather new group that first mm. first were observed by the by the healing hands about five years ago. Okay, so we don't know their actual inception date or whenever when they came into existence. You can only know the information that you have before yeah. you. Yeah, I want to look through and see what which things. The healing hands either know for fact where fire drake's doing or suspect where fire drake's doing. So like you, you want to listen incidences, of, yeah. attacks. Okay. Think through my memory of things prior to see if I can be like, oh well, they've been around a lot longer or whatever. Okay. If that. The the first documented appearance of the fire drakes that healing's hands have noticed was about five years ago in Greenhaven when there was actually a string of arsons that was tied in with Fire Drake's literature being found at the, the scenes where, where some of these bombs were made. Have there been any other kind of like personal physical attacks or building destruction or construction destruction? Go ahead and make it. <laughs> like tenement and explosions? Like like bridges or towers or radio towers or things like that. Go ahead and roll the dice. Destruction, what's your function? <laughs> Destruction. Destruction, what's your function? 11. You find a report that they actually... And this is fun because I've been waiting to pull this out of my rear end for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That's that makes it fun. <laughs> <laughs> they actually hijacked a zeppelin that was going between Choler City and Consiglio. Oh. And they used it to actually attack a deep Arctic military base. Interesting. And that never made the news. Well, yeah. I'm doing like a my own personal knowledge check. Knowledge check, of like thinking of incidences that you've heard of personally. 
Yeah, and from my own memory of things like this that have happened. Okay. Thirteen. There have been a few other proxy-first groups that have arisen, but when they've happened in North Belisera, they've been squashed pretty quickly. So the fact that the fire drakes seem to have been around for five years and they've not yet been put down speaks that they might actually be yeah, a so little better coordinated than some of these other groups. I would think that the other groups would have been quashed within a year of being a year to a six months to a year. And typically because someone flipped. Like you would hear news stories of, and of course, official news stories are only go as far as you can trust them. Mm-hmm. But you have heard several news stories about people who have publicly recanted before being executed, you know, reading a list of the crimes that they have committed against the state. And then like a whole string of mass arrests and executions. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I'm, they're doing a lot better than I thought they were. They're more entrenched and better equipped and more stealthy. Yeah. Sam's going to walk up like a distracted voice to find anything. Yeah. Uh, they've been around for a little over five years. They're doing really well to keep going for that long. Yeah. Um, I do remember there was another group that functioned similar to the, their tactics that we helped put down previously in my former former position. Uh, yeah, there have been several different groups like this in the past, but they were all quashed within a year. The yeah. fact that they've made it for five is kind of impressive. Yeah, the council tends to be pretty ruthless. Severe. Yeah. Are they anywhere other than North Belisera? Nothing that they have says anything otherwise. Hmm. I might know some know someone that I can call to see if they're active in other places. That's not a bad idea. See if I can get in touch with them. Okay. All right. Sounds like a natural place to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Hey there, my name's Anthony, and I run an actual play podcast called Deep Fried Dice, where we play role-playing games. On Deep Fried Dice, we like to explore our imaginations and tell strange stories in alternate worlds, funny fantasies, and sort of epic fiction. Twice a week, we play games using genres and systems on the less-traveled side of role-playing in the hopes of showing off the flexibility this hobby can provide. If you like tabletop games, bad jokes, and hearing stories, then come listen to us at www.deepfrieddice.com. And we're back. Time, are you finding anything interesting in the Healing Hands hideout? Actually, I'm more interested in the uh, printing press. Okay. Side. Knew it. From where I've come from, you know, the, all this uh, underground stuff is brand new to me. Right. And the fact that there's a, an underground publication getting out to the people of the city, that speaks volumes because I knew nothing of it. It's totally unheard of. At least in the circles that I have always frequented. And so I'm just looking at what types of stuff that they publish and what their uh, propaganda machine is pumping out. Well, I'll give you a hint. They're not big fans of the council. I figured that. (laughs) (laughs) They've actually, like some of their most recent articles have been about how people should not have to take these standardized tests to see where they will be placed in society. And that the, the removal of children to be placed into specific programs is a uh, fundamental 
disregard for the family union and, and how society should be structured. Do they have anything about the uh, explosion? They say that the explosion is a prime example of how the council is not actually working in the favor of the people. They say that if the council would allow for the free expression of ideas and the free exchange of information, that there would not be a rise in militant groups that would try to um, overthrow the government and institute their own their own victims. Uh, time just laughs at that because every government he's ever heard of oppresses their people in some manner. Yes, but the council is the council. It just depends on who who do you prefer oppressing you. Yes. So they're not publishing anything mentioning specifically the fire drinks or anything like that. So they're not involved with that at all. No, they're more they're far more involved in criticizing the policies of the council. Okay. They don't like the council, obviously. They want you to know that they don't like the council and they want you to agree with them. Yeah. Yes. You actually were saying that you knew somebody who might be able to get you more information about the fire drapes. Yeah, so I actually, well, as far as um, people who I have worked for or had contact with in other parts of the world. And so I am going to try to contact my contact in Marnaline. Okay. What's your contact's name? Jolin Jen. <laughs> 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 How do you know that name? <laughs> How do you know that name? Um, Dell Linden. So, is there a private phone close by? No. Why would you have a private phone in your secret base? Phones are fun. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't think the people who um who have the secret base are okay with their work. Okay, so there's no phone in this base at all. Right. Correct. Okay. Like these people, <laughs> <laughs> they're a little more security dead. conscious. So I, I mean, what time is it? It's morning. I'm gonna have to go in search of a phone. Okay. Why am I always searching for a phone? Every <laughs> single episode we get together, I'm searching for a phone. Because uh, you have contacts. Don't you wish the cell phones yeah. had been invented? Yes, I, I do. Yeah. Where do you want to search for a phone? I'm gonna search for. Uh, I'm gonna head over to the Blackbird Hotel. Okay. And I'm going to. Attempt to rent a room. Okay. Shouldn't be that hard. Okay. Approach the, uh, the the front desk. I would like a room, please. Oh, yes. Can I see your, your identification papers? Of course. And my papers. Okay. And can I see your your rental authorization papers? That's not... <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have misplaced those. Oh. Can you tell me, um, is there a phone that I could use to uh, call to get another set of papers sent my way? Well, you could use this pre-programmed desk phone. I don't think that'll call the number that I'm looking for. It will call the council's numbers, though. The the bureau for the document authorization. I'm calling specifically to the military base. Okay, well, the military base, the military switchboard is that button right there on the phone. On second thought, I will go ahead and um, visit the office in person. Most people do. How is the lobby laid out? There's a bit of a lounge area, the yeah. couple of couches and, and a fireplace. So this is actually like that. So the, the 
I'm assuming the desk is off to the right as I come in the front door, mm-hmm. and then directly in front, there's the hall back to the the rest of the the hotel right. rooms and stairs and all that. And there is a a giant namesake bird uh, emblazoned behind the desk. And this is a hotel, not a motel. Correct. It's rather posh. Okay. And the restaurant is rather good. Not quite up to your standards for a place that's supposed to be at this caliber, but it was a decent dinner. Okay. I am going to head back outside. Okay. Burn the building down. Are there no public payphones anywhere? You have pre-authorized phones. What do you mean pre-authorized phones? Phones that you are authorized to use. To like be able to use your phone, you have to enter in a code. Okay. Knowing that, how public is the street that I'm on outside of the front of the hotel? It is a moderately trafficked street. So I'm going to walk to the side of the hotel. What about that side? Is it also... It's fairly... It's quieter. It's more of an alley leading to like the, the hotel's um, storage area, the van port for delivery. Are there rooms on the first floor? Yes. Okay. I'm going to wander up and down the street very slowly. Like I'm kind of pacing, but more like I'm killing time is my appearance. And I'm going to be listening at windows. Okay. Go ahead and make a roll for me. Let's roll once for sneaky. Once for shade. <laughs> hey! 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 Man, he has control of shade. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that means shade won't go off and do nonsense. 23, 26, 30. I am 30 sneaky. You are a sneaky, you sneaky are little guy. Sneaky. Now or let's, or a person of indeterminate gender. Yes. So then, for listening at the windows, is it a search? Yes. Eleven. So there are still some people who are like getting ready for their day, and some of them, They're, the housekeeping crew is making their way through the building. But it does seem like maybe there are one or two rooms that are not occupied at the moment. Okay. And I'm on the side street over here? Correct. How tall is the building across the street from the... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> What's about to <laughs> Is there a shadow where I'm standing? Yes, because the lights that are installed in the dome have actually not yet been repaired. Okay. I'm going to lean up against the wall, and the room that I think is unoccupied... Mm-hmm. I'm going to slip into it. That's what Shade said. <laughs> and Shade actually is encouraging. He says, worst case scenario, someone's there. Best case scenario, someone's, someone's there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Heads I win, tails they lose. 16. Oh, yeah. You got it. I got it. You might be a little OP like there. 30, 16. Yeah, 31. And so I slip into the room. Okay. Is there anybody in there? There's a corpse. Ooh! <laughs> unexpected. Definitely unexpected. Um, unexpected. <laughs> you found a corpse. We are going to go ahead and switch now to Julian. <laughs> well, I found Julian. <laughs> I like 
my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, are you dead? <laughs> <laughs> Not dead yet. <laughs> Around ten in the morning, Julian had hoped that Jer would have brought them over his way because he has no idea where they are. He doesn't know where Katari's apartment actually was, or where they ended up afterwards. Uh, he's gonna, I guess, have to do some investigation to see if he can look up Katari's apartment. Okay. And see where that might be. In order to head over there, since it appears that no one is coming, a bullet-riddled closet, and ropes <laughs> if he everywhere. if he can find it, <laughs> and a broken window, so um, marks everywhere. That would be investigation. Okay, right? Yes. Okay. And a corpse. Twenty-three. You got it. All right. So you are able to locate a public directory, a not so public directory. Uh, you're favorite local police station okay. you know it's like they have that giant old book of like people who were moving they also have a book for where you people are assigned so it's a much smaller book it is <laughs> <laughs> you're able to get uh Katari's address okay so he's going to actually head that way but also leave a note at the drop saying that he's been to the hideout and has found her addresses now looking okay. there for her. And then he's going to head over to Katari's. Okay. Which is going to take a while. You're, you're able to make it by 12.31 in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Your feet are tired, man. You do a lot of walking across this city. But the best part about it is you're like in the best shape of your life. And when you arrive, you find uh, the apartment is in... Shambles? Yeah. I was going to say disrepair. Um, looks like there, there was uh, some rope that was in the bedroom, bullet holes riddling the door to the closet, broken window, the front door is swinging open, it looks like some of the dishes have been broken, you know, all the fun things that could happen. Scorch marks. Yeah. Scorch marks. Uh, scorch marks in the bedroom. The, on the floor? On the, the floor, mm-hmm. over the window frame, on the balcony outside. And also blackening the metal bars that are the safety bars. If I remember correctly. Just remember, we got to do all this with our vision wonky. Yep. Oh, right. So that's a good question. When? Until about 8 o'clock in the evening. He's going to see if he can track whoever left that apartment by foot. I do have tracking. Okay. Knowing that it's going to be difficult, I'm going to drop a fate point on it to double my dice. Okay. Which gives me 10d. 10d plus 4. That's 11. 2. It's 33. It's 41. 45. Just as a quick reminder of of your vision. It is infrared thermographic. But also, for Julian, he can see elementals. Did we say you see all elementals or just bonded ones? Oh. So you can see a black, inky smoke trail. <laughs> I wonder who that is. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Julian would assume that would be shade. So Julian's going to follow that. Okay. Hey, you wind up at a butcher shop. Well, that was convenient. 
So he walks into the butcher shop and he still sees the trail. And the butcher's like, can I help you? And he shows his credentials. Julian Ellis, private investigator. I am investigating a suspicious character that I have been able to track to this establishment. There's no suspicious characters here. Where does the smoky trail lead? I'm imagining when you walk into the room, the butcher's bench, like, you know, where he, he does the transactions, it's along the left of the room. There's a bit of a queue in front of, of where, like, people would line up and everything. Is it busy in there? <clears throat> no, not very. Like, three or four people. <laughs> Towards the back that is where the stairwell is to go down to the basement. And you can see the trail going down. Okay. He leans in to be sure not to broadcast this to everybody. I can see that this individual has gone in the back and down the staircase. What? Yeah, the staircase right there that leads to the basement. How can you see that? Well, I, I, I don't see... What, is there something on the floor here? And he comes out from behind it, and he's got a cleaver. <laughs> Sir, I think you should go. I think I need to find this individual that I'm looking for. I think you should go. You're disturbing my customer, sir. I'm not the one waving around a butcher knife. Sir, you need to go. And he starts motioning towards the door with the cleaver. I can't make everything easy for you. I'm going to try to read his reaction when I say the names. It's like, I have individuals I'm looking for are Sam Fallouge and Katari Amun. Now, is that a magic thing? Uh, no. Um, since I have no, I can't... Well, I can't tell. Is he bonded? Even Rod. Even. Odd. Even. It was even. Yes. Which means? No, he was. He's, he's not bonded. Correct. Okay. All right. And he's going to just spout out. So I can tell that you are either an innate or a common. The individuals I'm looking for are proxies. One of them, an air proxy, has gone down those steps. The other one, a earth proxy... Atari Amu, and he's not broadcasting this, like, loudly, most likely was with him. His nostrils flare when you mention Katari. And I can tell by your reaction that that name, Katari, has hit a point for you. I'm an investigator. I am on task for the council. Really? So you can either let me to those individuals... Or I can come back with some council officials. I think you'll need to come back with some council officials. And he leans in even further. He's like, if this establishes what I think it is, you do not want council officials here. And if it's what I think it is, I honestly don't want to bring them in here either. If it is what you think it is, then you would be right to bring the council here. He calling your bluff. (laughs) I mean... He was halfway bluffing. Right. Honestly, halfway bluffing. He says, I will wait outside for five minutes with a kind of diabolical look on his face if nothing changes for the council. And backs out. Doesn't turn around. Staring him down. A few moments later, Chime and Choler, while they are in the basement, Chime and Choler. I mean, surprise! 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 Kill him now! Chime and 
Niger, because they're in the in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> the, the butcher comes downstairs, and he's like, "Katari, you guys, you need to clear out. The, the council is coming." What are you talking about? The council is coming. There was an investigator here, and he said that he was with the council, and that he was going no, to bring you the council. Let him down. What? What was his name? He said his name was um, Julie Illen. Julian? Julie Illen. Julian Illix? Yeah, that that might have been it. Yeah. Yeah, we know him. Yeah. He, he threatened to bring the council here. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, you need to pack up. You you need to, to get the printing press moved. They're going to be here. He said five minutes. <laughs> 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 Jerry laughs. Jerry laughs. Jerry laughs. He can't move a printing press in five minutes. <laughs> you can tell him he's just panicking. Uh, Jerry's gonna walk upstairs. Yeah, I was gonna say, Chime. Chime just kind of walks upstairs and just walks out in front of the shop. Yeah, as you come out, you see Julian standing. He's almost like not even looking at you. He's like staring past. At the the stair the stairwell, where he saw the butcher go. <laughs> well, Julian, how'd you find us? I found Sam. I had to look up where the apartment was, and I tracked Sam coming here. That's impressive. We don't know that you can see our. I know you. <laughs> That's... This is new to Julian too, so he's not actually going to say anything about it. Just that he was able to track Sam. You're tracking the wind itself. Quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> I am an investigator. So, Sam and Katari here? Katari's here. Sam went off somewhere else. He's trying to get in touch with another contact. Alright, well, I need to talk to Katari anyway. Come on. We take him down the stairs. The butcher there is still trying to make people go into a panic. and yeah, the, Everybody's the, panicking. The, the butcher is, is quite panicking, yes. Is everybody else panicking? Uh, people who know people who know Julian are not quite as panicked. So everybody besides uh, Katari, <laughs> Katari has a bit of an idea of Julian. She's met him yeah. before. So they get down the steps, and Julian sees the butcher there arguing his case. Yes, he comes up and just taps him on the shoulder, and he's going to actually salute at him with his gun in hand. Salutes him with the gun, says, "For the council." And kind of waves him back <laughs> upstairs. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> and as he's going, he's like, maybe next time you'll listen to me. I know what I'm doing. They all say that. And he goes right up to Katari and he's okay. like, um, Fire Drakes have ransacked your hideout looking for something. So they were at my house and at my hideout. What sensitive material did you have at that hideout? It wasn't. I, I didn't keep a lot of sensitive information there at all, actually. It was more just a, like a cache of food and a place to sleep. Food in a box? No. A metal box stuffed in your mattress? No. <laughs> so that's not yours? Funny look. Okay, fine. So maybe with my money, you know, funds for what we were doing. You know, sometimes you got to grease the wheels a little bit. Discretionary funds. Maybe I had a journal in there with some, some prospects' names. So you still haven't actually said what is in that box. You said maybe it's money, maybe it's a journal. Could have been both. Could have been 
Yeah, it's fine. It was both. <laughs> he pulls the box out of his coat, slaps it down on the table. It's like, well, you're welcome. And uh, what is this underground place supposed to be? A printing press. Really, that's what you're doing with your time is printing looks, looks like? like it's propaganda. the main headquarters for Healing Hands. So all these people, I don't know how many people are down there, but... Uh, it's just a handful. Just a handful. We're working with you and Gaspar and Jer. And he lumps them in with that, that group. And you're investigating fire dredger, correct? Yes. You guys know where their hideout is? We have it narrowed down to to the one of the quadrants, yes. I've got it narrowed down to what statue they could go in and out of. Statue? What? Okay. That's good information. Well done. So, what's next? Do we know that Cholder's dead? Nope. Do we know a location of Abel? No. Um, Abel's in the wind, so to speak. Well, it seems that we've got... Some rogue elementals that could cause some major problems, plus a group of fire elementals that could cause major, major, major problems. How many are part of the fire drinks? We believe that there's ten cells of ten each. Shh. That's a lot of fire. <laughs> you all need to step up your game. You've got limited resources here. Trying to make your income off of selling a illicit newspaper is not really the best way to bankroll an operation. Oh, you think you could do better? Yeah, I would have people in the hospital getting paid regularly amounts that could actually help. Well, if you want to take over, you're more than welcome to. I am not doing that. I've already done my time, paid my dues. But did you do the crime? No crimes were committed on my part. See, that's your problem, Jared. You've never wanted to get your hands dirty. You don't know anything about me. I know enough. Bottom line, fire drinks, they need to be stopped. Oh, I agree. We're going to go ahead and cut back over to Sam. You just broke into a hotel room and found a body. What are you going to do next? I'm yeah. going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anybody, do I see anybody else immediately should, should when... I, should I eat it? <laughs> <laughs> do I see anybody else in there? No. Okay. First things first, I'm going across the room to deadbolt the door. Okay. I'll even let you hang out the do not disturb sign. Okay. I'm going through his pockets. Okay. <laughs> is there any initial sign of like, like crushed skull, bullet hole to the face... Um, bruising on the neck. Broken. <laughs> the face is, is a mottled purple, but the lips are swollen. There's a tree coming out of the chest. <laughs> I saved that for you. Well, <gasps> <laughs> 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 oh. see you guys later. <laughs> I'm going through pockets. Okay. Don't find anything. You find identification. You find some money. Yes. Identification, money. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Like, what's their name? Their name is Philian Illix. What? Ah! A tricynical twin. 
So you said swollen lips, face is purple. Yeah. Bruising around the neck. Yeah. Okay. What all information is included on our IDs? Does it include the code that we need to use for the phones? Sure. I am going to make a phone call using his code. Okay. And I'm going to call Marlene to the person whose name I do not remember. I don't remember. Del Linden? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Calling Del Linden in uh, Marlene about um, if uh, he has actually had any activity of a group that would be similar to similar activity to the fire drinks. The phone rings for a very long time. And then when it answers, it's like, Hello? Linden. This is Sam. Sam? Yeah, Sam, we we worked together about four years ago on that one job. Yeah, yeah. What in the five hells are you doing calling? It's two in the morning. I know, I'm I'm trying to track down some information about a group. Uh-huh. I was thinking that you might have actually had some experience with the with, with a group similar to this. Group sim okay, go ahead. You ever find anything out about a group that uh employs mostly fire proxies? Well, I mean, here, yes. What can you tell me about that group? Servants. Work for the government. I'm talking um, a less than upstanding group. You mean like organized crime? Yeah. I might have heard of something about that, but I, it's not a secure line. Okay. Is there any way you can send me a package of any information you might have? <laughs> Gonna take a while to get to you. We're talking about intercontinental here. Yeah. Yeah. By Cross Zeppelin or by boat. Boat. By Zeppelin. Ice crawler. That's a cool <laughs> idea. It's actually a spider. <laughs> <laughs> you ride on its back. <laughs> I would say. Worst would, job ever. I would say it would take at least eight days. Okay. I can wait eight days. Uh, just send it to the normal contact. Roger Wilco. Alright, sounds good. Thanks. Mm. And we will go ahead and call that a session. Thank you so much for listening to Bonethrower's Theater. Thank you for listening to Bonethrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater, and also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.